Welcome to this episode of the Future Champions podcast. It was my plan to release a podcast on something completely different to what I'm going to be speaking about in this episode. This is not something that I want to talk about, and it is certainly not something that I am comfortable talking about. For many people, it is the most confronting topic to discuss or share. Suicide. This is going to be a difficult and confronting topic, so I'd recommend that parents consider if this is something their children are ready to listen to. When I sat down today to collect my thoughts and decide if I was going to talk on this issue, I went back and forth, debating in my own mind. It makes complete sense not to talk about it. Not only is it an uncomfortable topic, but I also feel this overwhelming sense of what if I say something wrong? What if my words have a negative impact on another person? The risk is real, but there is another side of it. Suicide is already impacting our communities, schools, friendship circles, families, and sporting bodies. In fact, In Australia, suicide is a leading cause of death in young people aged 14 to 25. Let me say that again. Suicide is the leading cause of death in young people aged 14 to 25. That is a staggering thought. Over 350 young people are stolen from us in the most heart-wrenching way possible, at their own hand. I was in a meeting at work last Thursday when my 15-year-old son tried to call. I was busy and I sent him a message saying I was in a meeting and if it was urgent to let me know. He replied and told me that one of his friends had killed himself the night before. A young man, when on meeting him, you would believe that he was simply a joyous soul with an infectious smile. It just didn't make sense. And it still doesn't. My heart goes out to the family who is trying to comprehend their loss. But if I am being truly honest with my thoughts, as I laid down to sleep that night, I couldn't help the thoughts running through my mind. As a selfish parent, I thought, are my children safe? This beautiful young man was no different to one of my children. He seemed to love life and had a loving family who were so close. If suicide could come and rip through the soul of their family, what would stop it from doing the same to mine? My wife and I taught our children about stranger danger, crossing the road, skin cancer, swimming at the beach, drugs, alcohol, getting in the car with dangerous drivers, wearing a seatbelt in a car, wearing a helmet on a bike and playing with matches. But all of these combined do not claim as many lives as suicide claims every year. As I drifted off to sleep, I was left with an incredible sense of fear for my children. Are they okay? Have I asked them if they are okay? Have I been paying attention to any signs? During this time, I've spoken to other parents, and one thing I'm certain about I am not the only parent that is having these fears. Today, I just want to talk. I want to talk about suicide. It is uncomfortable for me, 
and it may be uncomfortable for you, but it is a conversation we need to start talking about. Many years ago, as a young police officer, my partner and I were called to a welfare check. A mother had called the police station and said she had just spoken to her adult son on the phone. While he did not make a threat of suicide, there was something about his phone call that was out of character and she was worried. We attended the address and knocked on the door. As we were standing at the door, I could hear humming from the garage. I walked over to the garage and looked through the side window. At first, I thought the window had a white tint, but as my eyes adjusted, I realized that it was smoke. In a split second, I could see the shape of a car and the unmistakable sight of a hose coming out of the muffler and into the front driver's window. I turned to my partner who was at the garage door with his hand touching the door. At the same time that I said, He's in the car. He said, it's hot, it's hot, which was a reference to the garage door being hot from a running vehicle. I ran over to him and we both grabbed the garage door and started to pull it up with all our energy until it broke free from its tracks. We bent the garage door up to allow us to get under it while white plumes of smoke billowed out the garage. We went under the garage door and raced to the driver's side door, pulled the hose out and turned the vehicle off. A man was unconscious in the driver's seat, so we pulled him out and dragged him out into the driveway to commence CPR. The ambulance arrived and a short time later he was taken to hospital. I didn't think he would survive based on the condition when the ambulance took him to the hospital. After a few hours, we were told he was in a stable condition and that he would make a full recovery. The next day I went back to the hospital to check on him and to see if there's anything I could do, even if it was just an encouraging word. While I was visiting him, I asked what had happened that caused him to decide to kill himself. I will never forget his words. He said, It seems strange now, even to me, but at that time it felt like I was stuck in molasses. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't break free. And the harder I tried, the worse it got. It got to the point I was so low and so stuck that I could not even comprehend a way out. I was scared and I wanted it to stop. I didn't want to die. I just wanted it to stop. As he spoke, I didn't really understand. But years later, I would find myself stuck in my own molasses, desperate to be released from the fear that had gripped me. My time in the police service had impacted me significantly. As the years went on, I started to get a sense that I was struggling. Images and nightmares were suffocating me, but I was scared to talk about it. Scared that I would be seen as weak, as vulnerable, and not tough enough to be a police officer. So I toughened up and kept going. But it got worse. Much worse. I struggled to tell the difference between reality, nightmares, and visions that would flash through my mind. My life was out of control and I could not contain the torment that was inflicting me. I was stuck. Stuck in molasses and I was scared. It was a fear that I had never encountered and when I tried desperately to free myself, I got deeper and deeper. And then I broke. In a moment of what I thought was pure clarity, 
I knew how to fix it. Or at least I thought I did. I would kill myself. I made a plan, got ready, and set off to be far enough away from my wife so that she would not have to identify me at the morgue. I didn't want to die. Death scared me. I just wanted to fix what was broken. Out of all the weeks that I could have chosen to do this, it happened to be Suicide Prevention Week, and there was someone being interviewed on the radio as I drove. I don't remember the interview, I just remember hearing, if you are a man with young children and thinking of suicide, think about what happens years from now when your children are older. How will they measure their self-worth because of the decision that you are about to make? Those words shook me back to reality. The person on the radio then said, call someone and ask for help. So I did. I called a psychologist that I'd started to see, but when I rang, I couldn't tell her what I was thinking. It turns out I didn't need to. She knew something was wrong and asked, Stuart, are you thinking of killing yourself? The relief was instant as I said, yes. She said, Stuart, I want you to come and see me right now. I'm going to cancel all my meetings and I'm waiting here for you. Do you promise you will come? I promised and I came and I started to get help. The darkness didn't go away there and then. It took time. It took work and it took so much support as I could not have done this on my own. My family didn't think I was weak. They were there for me. My journey was long, but I recovered. And here is what I learnt. You need to face your fears, but you don't need to face them on your own. You learn this lesson as a child. Children are only scared of the dark if they don't have company. Don't try and do it on your own. When your mind falls into darkness, breathe. Try it now. If you can close your eyes and take a deep breath, nice and deep, breathe in, breathe out. Feel that breath? Now listen to these words because it is very important. If you are breathing, it is proof that your body wants to live. Something inside of you wants to live. And that's a good thing. Proof that you want to live. Chase that thought. Believe that thought. That became my motto. Just breathe. Everything else will look after itself. I broke it down into four simple parts. Concepts that I would remember. It is this philosophy along with incredible support that made me whole again. Every day I would commit to breathing. I would breathe physically, going for a walk, going to the gym or riding a bike. Maybe just for a few minutes a day and then a bit more, but every day. I would breathe mentally. This was a big deal for me as it would allow me to dislodge my thoughts. Even if it was for 30 minutes a day, I was free. I was actually talking to my son this week, and he still recalls the memory games we used to play, learning all the countries of the world, learning the capital cities. 
all designed to allow me to breathe mentally. And it worked. I would breathe spiritually. For each person, this is different. But for me, it was my faith in God. Ultimately, it comes down to being able to reflect on the truth that there is something bigger than you in this world. And that is a great feeling. And I would breathe emotionally, connect with my children, connect with my wife, with my family and my community. I would share my feelings and not be embarrassed to show emotion. I would read stories of people overcoming adversity. And by doing this, I didn't feel scared anymore. And I didn't feel alone. I want to share another story with you before I make some final points. Some years later, after my darkest days, I was lying in bed when I got a phone call from a friend. It was about 2am and I was sound asleep, startled to be woken up by the ringing phone. My friend rang because he was worried about my nephew. He said, Stuart, I spoke to James earlier tonight and I'm worried about him. He didn't say he was going to harm himself, but he just didn't sound right and I felt I needed to call you. He apologized about the lateness and said, I'm probably just being paranoid, but I couldn't sleep. I got up, jumped in the car and drove around to see James. The details of what happened on that night is not my story to tell. It is a story of terrible rejection and crippling addiction, but that's James's story to tell. But it was clear when I arrived that he was unwell. I sat down with him and asked, James, are you thinking about killing yourself? He burst into tears and became inconsolable. I sat with him. I told him I loved him. I told him that my life was so much better because he was in it. I asked him to promise he wouldn't leave me. I sat there for what seemed like an age when James said, You've always had the answers. Why can't you tell me how to fix this? Just tell me and I'll do it. I said, mate, I don't have the answers for you, but I promise you we will find the answers together. I'll be here for you every day until you are ready to stand on your own. But for now, just breathe. Everything else will look after itself. I remember so clearly watching the sun rise on that morning as James finally fell asleep and found some peace. When he woke up, we went to the gym together. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day after that. And slowly, he got better. If you don't know my nephew James, you should know something about him. He is not weak. He is strong. He is so very strong. He has overcome so much and is an example of true strength and character. He has a beautiful family and a great outlook on life. On that night, he certainly didn't want to die, but it is the only solution that he could come up with on his own. So here are some really important points I need you to hear. You cannot get out of molasses on your own. Life is not a self-help book. You need help. And there is no shame in asking for help. Every life that has been stolen by suicide has a family and friends on the other side of that suicide saying, 
I wish they had asked for help. I wish I knew they were suffering. So let me say that again. There is no shame in asking for help. There is only freedom. There is another similarity to the stories I've shared here. Each person had someone who felt something was wrong and acted on that feeling. If you are worried that someone is considering killing themselves, then ask them, are you thinking of killing yourself? You may think that you are not qualified or capable, but nothing could be further from the truth. In nearly every case, when someone is thinking of suicide, they are desperately reaching for a lifeline, someone to save them. Be that person. Even if you don't think you are capable, be that person. In my journey of healing, I still remember laying in my bed in a moment of complete despair. It was an incredibly dark moment of my life. In fact, it was the darkest moment I would feel before I would start feeling the effects of recovery. In that moment, a four-year-old boy quietly pushed the door open and peered into the room. I tried to pretend I was asleep so he wouldn't come in. But that did not deter my son. He pushed through the door, walked to the bed, climbed up and lay beside me. Without a word, he started stroking my hair and looked at me. Then he said, Daddy, you aren't well, are you? With tears in my eyes, I said, no, son, I'm not. He then said quietly, and with a reverence I've never heard from another soul in my life, that's all right, Daddy. I will fix you. That act of true compassion from a four-year-old child changed my life in a way that no person could comprehend or measure. At that moment, I knew I was going to be okay. If a four-year-old boy can be that lifeline, then so can you. Be that person. I want to leave you with this final thought. If you feel you are stuck in molasses and that no matter how hard you try, no matter how much effort you give, if life gets too hard, just breathe. Everything else will look after itself.